It is pretty hot out there. Toasty. I don't know if it's quite as toasty as it was a couple weeks ago. Of course, a couple weeks ago, it wasn't even as toasty as it was a year ago, right? (laughs) But a couple weeks ago, it was definitely toasty enough that my big orange cat, Butterscotch, was just sprawled out on the wood floor, right? He usually comes and hangs out with us. Uh, He's my buddy. He likes to come sit on the couch with me. Um, I'm actually the only one in the family who's not just at least a little bit allergic to him, so it's my job to brush him. And you can imagine that a week or so ago when the heat finally kind of broke at least a little bit, you know, I'm sitting there on the couch and here comes butterscotch and it's just a cloud of orange fur like coming at me. I just had to breathe in his direction. I'm getting like little puffs of um, orange fur coming off of him. So I grab his brush and you know, butterscotch has kind of a love-hate relationship uh, with getting brushed, right? Because, you know, when I'm brushing him, if I, if I brush him too fast, uh, it, it gets more fur, but it sort of catches, and he doesn't like it, and he goes, and sort of complains. Uh, and then, of course, he jumps down and runs off, and I'm, sometimes I'm chasing him with the brush, you know, trying to get that last foof off of the back of his fur. But if I take the time and I just slowly brush him straight along, you know, uh, along the course of his fur, it works a lot better. He likes it. He just sits there and purrs. So if I'm gentle when I'm brushing him, it works out a whole lot better for both of us. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today, gentleness. But first... First, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for this place. Thank you for all of the people in this room, Lord. Thank you for the ability to gather. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. Lord, let me speak with your voice. Let me say your words tonight, God. Be my voice. I thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit uh, for the last couple of weeks, and that is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today we're going to focus on gentleness. Gentleness in a world of hostility. Gentleness is one of those concepts that we sort of have thought about or not thought about our whole lives. It's one of those things that we sort of know what it means, but maybe we never really take the time to think about it or articulate it. So maybe it's easier to start by saying what gentleness is not. Gentleness is not harsh. 
It's not rough or heavy-handed. It's not angry or off the cuff. Gentleness is more like easy or soft, calming, reassuring or encouraging. Those kinds of words, I think, come to mind when you think about gentle. In the Bible, in the Greek, there's a word, prautes, which is translated in the English uh, as gentle or meek or mild. It shows up in those different sort of variations in the Bible. And gentleness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. It shows up in combination with faithful, faithfulness and self-control. We talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about how the fruit of the Spirit, the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit are grouped into threes naturally. So love, joy, and peace. That's that first grouping. And I think what those have in common is that they are kind of ways of being. They're things that we experience, right? And then the second group is patience, kindness, and goodness. Those are kind of things that we hold within us, perhaps, that we experience. And that final group of three are more action-oriented. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're things that we either do or things that we do not do, that we purposefully refrain from doing. Ways in which we do or do not act based on the other aspects of the fruit that we heard about before. And in fact, that word prautes is generally defined as demonstrating power without harshness or strength with reserve or power under control. So that gives a different kind of an image of gentleness, right? Different from just soft and fluffy. It has more to do with precision and skill and control and restraint, while at the same time caring and consideration. I go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago with love and Monsters, Inc., Remember we talked about how they uh, would capture fear energy through screams. The scarers would do that. But spoiler alert, by the end they realized and understood that love energy was much stronger than that and that when they captured giggles or laughter, then they could power that. And I think that gentleness is in fact love energy applied Whereas hostility is more like that fear energy applied. So Paul, in the Bible, actually has a lot to say about gentleness in a few different places. The first one we'll look is his letter to Titus. 
And in that letter, Paul says a lot about how people should be and how they should behave and how they should not be and, and not behave. Remind them, here he's talking about your people, to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Wow. <laughs> it's a pretty stark comparison, right? Between the two. I think a lot of those describe hostility, foolish, disobedient, deceived, slaves to various passions and pleasures. Whereas in this, he's talking about the actions, action-oriented, the actions that come through gentleness, including things like submission, obedience, good work, speaking well, agreement and courtesy. And then in 1 Timothy, Paul discusses some very similar ideas. This letter to Timothy is filled with a lot of warnings about false teachers and false doctrines. And it's also filled with advice for, people how, for how people within the church should behave. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction. That sounds to me like uh, kind of social media at its worst, maybe. Fortunately, later on in the passage, he, he talks about some other things. Some advice. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I think the important concept here is to flee from hostility and to pursue gentleness. Fleeing and pursuing are both acts of will. To flee is to run from, to move away from, to get away from, to abandon. Whereas to pursue 
is to seek and chase after, to run towards, to make an effort to get to. Flee from hostility. Pursue gentleness. Hostility described by things like conceit and lack of understanding, craving for controversy and quarrels and envy. But gentleness, pursuing gentleness, this list is basically another list of the fruit of the Spirit. Things like righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness. So I wonder, where did Paul get the idea for gentleness? Who might be the ultimate example for gentleness? Who is a great role model? Class. Jesus. <laughs> Job, kids. Jesus was constantly practicing gentleness. He didn't necessarily always talk about it, but gentleness is action-oriented, and Jesus was constantly taking gentle actions. When he healed lepers, the blind, the deaf, the sick, he would heal them by touching them or giving them instructions of what to do. He didn't make a lot of noise and shake them real hard or do, you know, open heart surgery or bleed them with leeches. Like he did, did really calm, reassuring kinds of things. And when Jesus challenged disciples, he would often do it gently by asking them questions instead of giving them big lectures and getting up in their face about it. And when he gave people opportunities to do things, he would use simple things like, follow me. He wouldn't give them a sales pitch or the strong cell and try and talk him into it. And maybe the greatest example of the gentleness that Jesus has and that he had and that he gave would be to the woman that a crowd of people brought before him one day. Let's hear about that and talk about that for a minute. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This, they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Next slide. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. 
couple more slides forward, please. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. Wow. Jesus is amazing, isn't he? Let's just take a minute and think about that situation. I bet we've heard that story before, right? But have you stopped to think what really was going on there? A mob dragged her in. They threw this woman at his feet. They were getting ready to stone her to death for the crime of adultery. Last time I checked, adultery required two people, but she's there all by herself. And there's Jesus. He's the one thing standing between her and getting stoned by a mob. How does he respond? Calmly. I mean, it's Jesus, right? Jesus could have sent down a, a host of angels to take care of that crowd, but he didn't do that. He didn't even pick up a weapon. He didn't pick up a, a sword or a spear or a club to fight those people off. The only weapon that he used was his finger. So he admonished this whole group of men, scribes and Pharisees, by writing on the ground. Makes you wonder what he was writing, right? We don't know necessarily exactly what he was writing. Perhaps it was the sins of those in the crowd. Because as they looked at that, as they heard him, as they saw those words, and he said, those among you without sin, go ahead, toss that first stone. They didn't do it. thought it was interesting that the oldest among them left first, the ones who had had the most time, perhaps, most perspective. So he defused that situation. It was action-oriented, had a huge impact, but it was quiet and controlled and measured. And to the woman, he was gentle. He showed her great love and mercy. He asked her questions like we talked about before. Where are they? Is anyone left? here to condemn you? Almost as if to say, are you alone? Are you the only one who commits sins? He asked her questions and then he forgave her. But at the same time, he didn't diminish 
the sin that she had. After forgiving her, he still said, go then and sin no more. That gentleness was highly effective. Pretty extreme example. I don't know how relatable that example is. Hopefully, you didn't ever have to single-handedly stand down a, a mob of people trying to execute someone. Hopefully, we'll never have to do anything like that. So perhaps there's a few other kinds of images that might be a bit more relatable. So when I think about being gentle and people being gentle, I get a few images that come to mind. A parent with a child, a caregiver with a patient, and a friend with a friend. Have you been or have you seen a parent dealing with a baby, a squirmy baby, with all that baby energy? You know, about a year old where they're, they're strong enough to move and they're flailing around and there's arms and legs everywhere and you gotta, you're trying to change that baby's diaper or you're trying to get it dressed or give it a bath, you know, and you're dodging fists and stuff and that baby's got that look in his eye like, ha, I'm gonna get you. That requires gentleness and that gentleness is not soft in the sense it's tough. That's, that's big energy expended there. Strong but precise. And later on, when the kids are older, five, six, seven, trying to teach them right from wrong, how they should behave, how they should treat their siblings and their parents, there's a temptation to go off on kids like that, right? Frustration. But an opportunity for gentleness to use our words and to get them to use their words. And later still, teenagers learning how to be adults, making bonehead mistakes, because that's what we did when we were teenagers. Having a chance to relate and connect with them instead of just going off. Gentleness. Next, I think about a caregiver with a patient, a doctor perhaps, you know, going into a doctor's appointment. Someone's there for a reason, they're not feeling well, maybe they're anxious, they're sick. And so that, that caregiver, that doctor, trying to understand what's going on, try to put that person at ease, even as you're trying to find solutions. Or maybe it's a trauma situation. Going into an ER, you've got a broken bone or an injury. The doctors and the nurses are working on that person really carefully and really precisely, trying to improve the situation and not cause more pain than that person is already in. Or else I think about a friend with a friend. Maybe over coffee, talking things through. Maybe there's some issues going on between the two. 
Or maybe one of the friends is describing a situation with somebody else, or maybe one of the two of them is going completely off the rails in some part of their life. There's an opportunity to speak truth, maybe for correction, maybe for confession. Situations like all of those that I described be understandable to get frustrated, get angry, to spin off, to be hostile. But it's an opportunity for gentleness. And there's an advantage in the sense that all of those things I just described to you are with people that you're in relationships with or people that you're, uh, are trusted, hopefully. So that makes it a little bit easier. How about when you're in situations with people that you don't know or don't know well or don't like? Is it okay to be hostile then? Does Jesus have anything to say about hostility to people that we don't know or to our enemies? Of course he does. Matthew 5. Matthew 5 is known as the Sermon on the Mount. I like to think of it as the sermon of things that are completely impossible to actually do. Because that's where Jesus lays out all of the really hard stuff, right? And he says it in the context of, I did not come to set aside the law or to get rid of a single line. I came to fulfill the law. And then he proceeds to go above and beyond the law in many different ways and many different examples. For example... He says that before you come to make a sacrifice, reconcile with your brother before you get to the altar. In other words, deal with your own stuff and work out the things that you have to do and address those relational issues as much as you can as, in, as you come to God and before you come to God. And he says, reconcile with your neighbor on the way to the courthouse. Because if you get there and you go into court, the judge may give you exactly what you deserve or far worse. So it's better to work it out on the way there. Tough to work things out like that on the way to the courthouse if you're feeling hostility and if you're acting out of hostility. He says, if somebody steals your shirt, give them your jacket also. Or if they make you do something you don't want to do, do more. These things are really hard. But I think that maybe gentleness and the other fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are all gifts that the Holy Spirit give to us. I think that maybe this, the fruits of the Spirit are things that might make it even possible to approach being able to do the things on the Sermon on the Mount. The Spirit empowers us 
if we lean into it. Well, I don't know about all of you folks here, but I personally am a very gentle person and humble. Just ask my family and ask my friends. So in the last few weeks, I've been thinking a lot about gentleness, and my first starting point was piece of cake. I'm a gentle person. I can do this. Didn't quite sit right. But then I was like, but, you know, I kept, I, I rolled with it. I'm like, you know, the Apostle Paul likes to say, if I boast in anything, I boast in the Lord. And the fruit of the Spirit is gift, and he gave it to me, and I'm gentle, so I'm not boasting in myself, I'm boasting in the Lord, so we're good. Still didn't quite sit right. And I think I found it out. I think I figured it out. Because my issue is avoidance. My issue is not what I say. My issue is the things that I don't say. I have a tendency towards not having difficult conversations. And just letting people be and letting things happen, not offering my thoughts or comments in group conversations, just hanging back, not reaching out to people enough, often enough, even when I know that they could really use a friend. Because I'm scared a lot of times to do that. Or because I'm not confrontational or because I just think that people don't are not really that interested <laughs> in, in what I have to say but that's not being gentle is it because gentleness is action oriented and if I don't take those actions then I'm not being gentle maybe I'm being passive-aggressive or maybe that's neglect. Or maybe that's just a lost opportunity. It's not gentle. It's not loving. It's not contributing or improving or inspiring. I need to be more gentle by trusting God enough to work through me and to allow me to help other people by giving my perspectives or sharing what I know to be true or lovingly pointing out where I think they may be going astray and correcting them. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I need to stay out of my own way. I need to stay out of my own head while I'm doing it. Paul actually talks about some of this in Galatians 6 which, incidentally, is the very next section after the fruit section that we've been in. He says, Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. 
Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Tempted to do what, Paul? Maybe tempted to make their same mistakes that they were making, or tempted to do the same dumb things that we always do, or tempted to be self-righteous, or to be hostile, or maybe a combination of all of those things. Because that hostility, I do believe that hostility is fear energy being applied. It's heat, but not light. It's expended, but not invested. It's reactive, but not responsive. Hostility motivated by fear or bad feelings is cathartic, but not productive. It's understandable, but it is not desirable. The world today seems to me to be just filled with this fear and fear energy. What does that make us do? It makes us lash out at each other when we're afraid. We blame other people for perceived problems or dangers. When we're afraid, we close ourselves off and we close off the people around us and we build fortresses. We look about wildly, scanning for dangers. See how that hostility might be helping ourselves, but it's not helping other people. It's not helping the world. It's not what Jesus did. Jesus always chose to be gentle. We can't always be as good as Jesus. But the Holy Spirit gave us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift and it empowers us. Love, joy, and peace fill our hearts and minds and souls. Patience, kindness, and goodness manifest within us as a result. And faithfulness Gentleness and self-control are both the actions and the restraints that we practice as a result. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for all of your blessings and especially for the fruit of the Spirit. Help us all, God, to be more gentle in this world that often seems filled with hostility. Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to lean into that love. Help us to see and understand and comprehend his love for us and our families and our neighbors and, yes, even for our enemies. Help us to mirror that love and act with gentleness. 
In your holy name we pray, Jesus.